Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dave Onestead hanging out with Mully and Ha on 670 The Score. Mully and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Love talking to Coach Wanstead. Dave, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of some of the the mistakes, maybe some of the penalties, some of the missteps uh, early in that game. And then you get down to it, and you got a guy in Mahomes that can just lead his team down the field and win the game. And it, it was reminiscent of Tom Brady, and it was sort of one of those things where you realize this is a guy – on the top of his game, getting things done. And when you look at their season, this is almost like a down year for them, right? They they barely they, – they struggled to get into the playoffs. They had all the drops and penalties and all the problems. And then, lo and behold, they, uh, they go into Buffalo. I can't win on the road. They go into Baltimore. I can't win on the road. And here they are, champions again. It's amazing to have a quarterback that good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of you guys made reference to Tom Brady. I know you just did there, Molly, but yeah, I think you got to appreciate the talent. I mean, they got good players. You don't make it in the NFL unless you got good players, but they don't have the skill. Patrick Mahomes does not have the skill players that the 49ers have by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, from the running backs to the receivers, uh, the tight end he does. I would, you know, Kittle, I think, is right there with Kelsey. Uh, but the rest of the group, you know, he's doing it without a great supporting cast. Uh, the, the, against Baltimore, I think I made this comment last week, when he was throwing those two- and three-yard passes to Kelsey uh, and just high-percentage throws because Baltimore was playing a coverage that was not going to give him the big play down the field, that, remind, that says, okay, this is a quarterback that matured. He's, he gets the big picture. And then against the uh, 49ers in the Super Bowl, the, the, the 49ers are not a blitzing team. And they had to blitz at the end to try to stop them. And the minute that they lined up in man coverage, he ran a little pick play a couple of times, uh, a man beater, give Andy Reid credit or Matt Nagy, who's ever calling the place. But still, you can tell your quarterback that. But if your quarterback doesn't understand the coverage and if he doesn't understand the concept, he's not going to realize who's open and get him the ball in time because it's a blitz. So the ball's got to get out quick. 
so from a combination of of big picture uh, to understanding the coverages, boy, that's what just – and then his athletic ability. I would love to talk to the defensive line coach at, at the 49ers and Nick Bosa. I mean, you know how many times he lost contain in that mm-hmm. game where Mahomes got outside the pocket? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that should never, ever happen, guys. So give Mahomes credit. You know, everybody says, oh, he's a great athlete. Well, you're a great athlete, too. And your job is not to let him get out there and, and, and bide more time. Make him throw the ball on time. That, that would be the plan I would have. Make him throw the ball on time. And that didn't happen enough in the game. Dave, every league is a copycat league, but it's impossible to mimic Mahomes. When teams look at what the Chiefs did, maybe even the 49ers to a lesser degree, but is there a takeaway? for teams that did not get to the Super Bowl, that they concluded after watching the Super Bowl, this is what we need to do better. This is what we need to try now. Is that the way this is viewed, or is it just, okay, everyone concedes, there's only one Patrick Mahomes. We don't have him, so we've got no shot. Well, I, I think it it, brought, it brings two things to my mind. Number one, I'm, I'm into the mental aspect with Mahomes. You know, uh, not just a great athletic ability. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that are every bit as athletic, okay, maybe more so. But could they make those decisions, guys, when it's zone, soft zone, and would they dump it off? Okay, it's blitz. we got to have to run a pick play. i got to get – this is a guy that's going to be open. That's what that, – that's to me – uh, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, most of them can't do that. And then you throw in his unscripted plays, and uh, and you can have unscripted plays, and and guys are, you know, not making accurate throws. So so to me, it's it's the mental part with Patrick Mahomes first, and then second, it's the athleticism and the skill to move around to adjust and, and put pressure on the defense a lot of different ways. We talked a little bit about uh, Trent Williams and how good a player he is, and he had two um, penalties in a row, but according to the analytics, he did not allow a single pressure in 44 pass downs, which is pretty extraordinary uh, for a player, even one as gifted as he is. How did you how did you rate his game and and uh, when we look at individual performances, we don't really talk about linemen much. No, I, I think he's been a force all year. I mean, you know, the the numbers you just gave, Molly, um, you know, that supports it. I I think it's it's kind of unusual though to have an offensive lineman that might be the <laughs> the leader of your offense, maybe the leader of your team. And as the season evolved, uh, Trent Williams became that guy. He's the first guy out of the locker room, you know, so. I think that adds a lot to it when people are looking at players. You're seeing the performance, but you're also seeing, particularly with an offensive lineman, what does this guy bring to the table up and above just his great performance? And and Trent Williams does that. I mean, he does it all. He's a complete guy. Dave, there was an ugly incident during the game, and I don't care if it was the Super Bowl, and I'm not really that interested in who Travis Kelsey is. You can yell at your coach. You can show that emotion. You can't bump them. The physical, the physical uh, altercation, if you will, with Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid on the sidelines. Bad look for everybody. How did you view it? What do you think 
about the explanation for it because everybody seems to want to forgive and forget they did win, so all is well that ends well. But that was something you really can't tolerate, can you? And, and I, I don't believe it was intentional. I'm, I'm going to stay with that, guys. I think that uh, I think he was running down to voices a loud opinion, absolutely. But as far as trying to put his hands on Andy or do something, I, I, I got to – I got to side with the majority of fans and, and, and say, you know what, it, it was, I just can't believe that. I, I, knowing Kelsey and knowing his relationship with Andy, he was frustrated. He's pressing, but by no means did he mean for anything to be a physical altercation. I, I would be, I, I, I'm not going to come off of that. Unless he says it otherwise, I'm not coming off of that. That opinion. Any player ever accidentally bump into you on the sidelines, Dave? <laughs> no, but I've had guys scream at me. You know, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh scream at me. You know, how come guys can't get open? I says because that's what we got. You know, then run it. Wow. I, I don't know what to tell you. Wow. You know what I mean? But so that happened. Zach Thomas. I mean, Charles Haley threatened to whip my tail. You know, at halftime of the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. He was screaming at me because the 49ers were trying to get even with him. So they were only running at him. He was convinced. And uh, so he came in and screamed. You got to. So we had a little shout match at halftime. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, so to answer your question, I've, I've gone down that road. I think most coaches have with some great players that want to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I think maybe Skip wrote about this in his book that Haley was such a lunatic. They lost the game with San Francisco one time, and they said that he tore up the locker room, and then he was in the fetal position, and he wouldn't get up. And they, when you guys were talking about getting him, someone told Jimmy that story, and he said, that's what I want. I want a guy who cares as much as I do. Yeah, well, he was coming after – it was hilarious. I, we don't have time to get into the whole story, but it was – thank goodness that Tony Casillas – was as crazy as he was, and, and Tony always had to, 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 out of Oklahoma. Tony always had my back, so I I needed help that halftime. <laughs> Dave, oh, we're, we're, we're talking about any Bears uh, takeaways from this, and I know the gap between the two teams and the Bears is much further than the distance between Chicago and San Francisco. But when you look at what the Chiefs did, what the 49ers did. Do you see anything that will be applied to what the Bears are trying to do? Well, you know, and I come from the school now where the Matt Eberflus, the Lovey Smith, Tony Dungy, where we were four down guys and not blitz much. But as that game was going on, I kept saying, here comes the 49ers. And it's not that they don't know blitzes. I mean, you know, Steve Wilkes, he can, the defense coordinator can drop a thousand blitzes, but it, they are blitzes. You must practice them and practice them and practice them, guys. And so, uh, you know, and I think Bruce did that. You know, when he started calling defenses, they weren't just the vanilla forefront play coverage. They did incorporate and really jumped up in the blitz categories statistically pretty good. So I like what the Bears are doing there. To answer your question, defensively, I think they're right where they need to be. I I think offensively, wow. You know, I'm going to go back to my statement. To Justin Fields, when you saw him make those plays, you know, I mean, can, can, does Justin get the big picture? I don't know this. I hope so. 
But does he understand when to dump it off? And does he understand when it's a blitz coming and, and check, you know, all those mechanical things? You know, I would hope so, because if he doesn't have it now, then, uh, then he probably won't get it to the point where you have to have it to win a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was their leading rusher. How about that? Who was the leading rusher for the Chiefs? It was Mahomes, 60 yards or whatever he had rushing. So, you, you know, having a guy that's an athlete's good, you know. I mean, everyone's going to say Mahomes is probably a, or a Caleb Williams is probably a closer mold of uh, P- Patrick Mahomes as compared to Justin Fields. I don't know. I don't know. He might be, you know, he might be, guys. That's where, where this kid's at from a mental standpoint and understanding the game. That's to me is the determining factor. It's not going to be the athletic ability. It's going to be like the big picture. Does this kid get it, or, or does Drake May get it? Right. Um, that to me that would separate. Remember what I told you guys: talent sets the floor. All these guys got the talent. Justin Fields got the talent. You know the the other intangibles set the ceiling. Dave, we asked a question this morning about. Ryan Poles being there when they won a Super Bowl and then taking the Bears job and wondering how does he feel as he watches them continue winning and should he have stayed and gotten more rings or did he make the right decision to go run his own team? And and you went through that. You, you obviously won a Super Bowl with uh, Dallas and their run wasn't over, but, but your time there was and you came and took the Bears job. Did you ever have any regrets when you watched their success, or did you not have enough time because you were too busy trying to have that success here? No, you know what, Molly? And yeah, the Dolphins won another Super Bowl, okay? Mm-hmm. But and Kansas City won. But I think there's a philosophy in coaching, uh, as with players and coaches, when you're hot, you're hot, and it can turn quick. You know what I mean? Who's to say that the next year, if Ryan Poles turns his job down? And he stays at Kansas City. That Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and he can't play, and then who knows who's their core? You know who what happens. So I, I think if you, if you want to be the man in charge, which Ryan obviously get, does and did and is, then when you get the opportunity, if it excites you, you take it. You don't you don't wait. You don't look back. I, as I said, when you're hot, you're hot, and things can change very quickly in the NFL year to year. Did you tell that to Ben Johnson? Yeah, no kidding. That's, his, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Now, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Yes, absolutely it is. <laughs> Dave, I what's, don't know. what's going on in Pittsburgh? They cut Mitch Trubisky. So he's yeah. going to be on his fourth team. Does he have a home? Will he have a roster spot in the NFL next year? Well, you know, Mason Rudolph, who they drafted in the second round back when, right. I think it was the second or third round, you know, when, when he came in, when, when Pickett got hurt and Mitch fumbled around a little bit, Rudolph came in and actually played good down the stretch. So I think that they're looking at this thing and saying that we got Pickett and we got Mason Rudolph, and right now uh, Mitch is the guy out. And they didn't wave him or cut him. They mutually agreed. Oh, I'm sorry. Mitch decided, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sick of making $10 million a year or $9 million a year. I want out of here so I can sign a contract for, what, 2.5 somewhere. Yeah, he might, make, he might get more than that, Molly. Who knows? You know? Yeah, but it's uh, – Not much. No, probably not much, you know, because, yeah, because now he's got some film as a backup. But who knows? You know, who knows? I mean, 
Good for him, but uh, that, I think that's what's behind that Steeler uh, Steeler decision. Dave, Absolutely. Did you like the halftime show? Did you like Usher? Uh, you know what? I didn't think it was bad. I mean, I I, I liked Usher. I thought he did a nice job. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I did not have a problem with it. I did not. Uh, I'm I'm curious. You know, when you see Mike Zimmer return to Dallas, did they call you too? No. Oh, God, no. Huh? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Isn't that it's, a weird uh, one, that, that Mike Zimmer is the guy to go back Rex there? Ryan thought it was going to be him. Yeah, he said I it. did read that. What was Rex thinking? God, you know. <laughs> he thought I mean, they the co- weren't coming to terms on money. Yeah, well, I, money is not a problem. That's the last thing Jerry's worried about, <laughs> you know, if he wants you. But Zim was there when with Parcells, you know, in all those years. And, and Zim did a nice job. And... Uh, and Zim is is active. He was still involved with coaching. I think he was out there in Colorado. You know what I mean? So he's been in the game. It's not like he's went away and done TV for five years and he's coming back. So he's up to speed on what's going on. Uh, and uh, he has a good relationship with Mike McCarthy. So I, I think there was a good fit that way, you know? Dave, I was still stunned. Uh, I think we all were. The level of, I think – just the, the number of players who didn't know the rules in overtime right. who came out afterward. The 49ers were saying they never discussed it. Uh, McCall Hardman didn't even know he won the, the Super Bowl. How, how much do coaches, how much should coaches explain these things going in? Because it's kind of embarrassing to the 49ers coaching staff to have as many players as came out afterward not aware of what was at stake and just how the overtime was structured. Yeah, that, that is crazy because uh, you generally talk about overtime. You generally practice overtime, at least walk through it, uh, you know, as a staff and as a team. Um, yeah, that was, that, that was a little bit strange. And, and, and particularly if there are some changes to the rule, like we're talking here as far as the touchdown, each team gets a possession uh, or they adjust the rule. Because the officials come in every year at training camp, and as you guys know, and they say, okay, these are the locked-in changes for the upcoming season, and they'll, they'll talk about it. So, you know, it, it had to have been addressed. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that, that did surprise me. That did surprise me a little bit, absolutely. It's great stuff, Dave. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dave. Uh, all right, guys. Good talking to you. Uh, Mike Zimmer, local guy, made good though. We should mention that Lockport. he was, uh, yeah, went to Lockport High. I believe he was a three-sport athlete. He was a football player and a uh, baseball player, and I think a wrestler. I remember talking to him about it one time. Isn't that something? Yeah. He's working now for Mike McCarthy after all those years in the NFC North, coaching against him, Packers, Vikings. These are the kinds of things that. Um, you know, he never gets out of your blood. Mike Zimmer returns to Dallas. At the tender age of 67. Call defenses. So yep. he's still, I think, younger than Vic Fangio. Okay. Probably right. Younger than Vic. Younger than Vic. Uh, great coach. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that he's there. Mike Zimmer? Born in the Chicago suburb of Peoria. <laughs> was Mike Zimmer born in Peoria? I think he was born in Peoria, but then 
you know, obviously okay. high school. You know a lot about his – have you written I, that story before? I have before? talked to him, okay, yes. Yeah. Can you tell? I, yeah, I think so. I love the local guys. Would you autograph a, it if I asked? I, if you brought it in and you wrote I, I, it I out. I would like to do that. I would definitely – I would like you to sign Michael a, Mulligan on, a, on an old sometimes. I think do. I signed Mike Mulligan because Mike Mulligan was my name on the I would the prefer story. Michael. If you're going to sign an autograph, I want Michael. I want all your cursive. So you're stealing another check, are you, Mr. David? <laughs> Hey, I just need an autograph here for a friend. That's my checkbook. <laughs> Nobody writes checks anymore, Molly. Uh, maybe you don't, but I think we still do, don't we? Or is it all automated? Venmo, PayPal, all, right. all the other yeah. stuff. I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing one. I don't know what else anyone Brandon would was, want my laughing auto- at me. autograph for. Not Venmo anymore. No, you got them on the Venmo, okay. Cash App, Zelle. Yeah, cash there App. You go. Zelle. Yeah, Zelle. That's the one my son Zell. uses. Zelle! Yeah. Zelle! Oh, bad, bad connotation there. Really? Sam Zell. No, I was doing Zell from uh, from Marathon Man. Okay. When the the old woman notices the Nazi criminal walking through the uh, that was at the tip the of my tongue. Area. Well, I'm, I know it's a long time ago. <laughs> Zell, Zell, great movie. Uh, still holds up. Maybe Does not. it? No, probably Maybe. not. Watch it tonight. Yeah. All right. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, hey, so go, go church by bunch, F, shuttle, Tom and Jerry right yellow. Orange, 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 let's go! 13 seconds to go in the overtime. Set. We're good, we're good! A touchdown wins the game. Set. Right side, touchdown! Kansas City! There is a back to back. Super Bowl champion, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That, of course, is uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, mic'd up for the game. And, uh, yeah, that was the uh, touchdown. That was the... uh, Winning play in Chiefs the game. Radio Network. That was a good call. I believe it was the. Hey, you know what? Here's the problem with the call, and I'll just tell you. Okay. And you can laugh Thank you. at me. And we're going to have a bitch session this uh, segment anyway. Problem with that call? Yeah. Three seconds left. That's the problem with the call. That's it was the three problem. instead of thirteen. Whatever he said. He said thirteen seconds 13. left. Okay. 
Why are you giving me the time? The game goes on indefinitely. Doesn't matter. You don't have to rush this play. He, 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 but no, 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 uh, no, 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 hold no, on, no, hold on, hold on. That's bad information. No, it it's, makes it's, it's, sound. If it's accurate information, it's information. It's it's it bad information. At least it makes he didn't it go. Sound like this is it. This is the last play. No, it doesn't. Am I, mean, I right, Dustin? Well, it's eight thirty. You know what? That is that's the accurate time on the clock. It's actually eight thirty and forty two seconds. Well, forty three. Uh, brevity, brevity. There's a there's there's beauty and brevity. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yes, I, I know. And I understand. By habit, you give the time, but the time irrelevant in that moment. You're why projecting are you the time? so bad here. Here's the thing. It's why you, the Niners lost. You think because with time. you were confused by the rules, or because Tony I Romo? I know you weren't. Maybe a lot of people were. Tony Romo didn't help clarify it. The fact of the matter is, Tony if, Romo didn't help in any fashion. Hold on a second. The game. That specific time, the time, if you know the rules, it should not have triggered you because you know that if that was an incomplete pass on first down and the time ran off the clock, it would go into the second overtime and it would be second down at the other end of the field. Well, what did people think? There was going to be a tie in the Super Bowl? Well, I, it wasn't a, tied. It's a good I, question. I understand that. My point but is. with 13 seconds left. It otherwise, it would have like been like if, if, there, if there was a potential here, for that, they would have kicked a. A field goal. Well, that's that's, that's the implication that some people thought, what are they doing going for a touchdown, taking the chance with three seconds left? They should kick the field goal. It was goal. 13, you said. What did he, say? he said 13. I don't know what the hell he the said. The final touchdown came with three seconds left. And and it wouldn't have mattered. They just would have kicked you the You are nitpicking. I think the time thing confused everyone. The time thing did confuse everything. You know why? They've got how much because it's pay? never happened before. But that's no, why. Right. Exactly. It's, it's never the, been it's executed. So, yeah. so, so thank you. You're making my point. Who's the dude that got? Who's the dude? The referee they have in the booth, Gene uh, Steratore. Oh, uh, Gene Steratore. Yeah, Steratore. Yeah. He needs to come on at the beginning of overtime and clarify what and clarify the rules because he obviously did. he didn't really do that far. And they put up a graphic that they, if you could read, uh, I'm just telling you what they. they I re, David, I rewatched all this yesterday they were still, on purpose. There's still confusion about the clock. There's still confusion about the clock. Turn well, the, the clock, clock is off. different than the rules. No, it isn't. The yeah. rules are that the clock. The reason the clock's important is because there wasn't there wasn't an urgency. There were not 13 seconds left, first of all. But he used 13. Can I finish a sentence here? Because it's Taylor's favorite number. <laughs> Shut up. Thank you. Come on. Listen, there, the, the urgency was lacking from the Chiefs, if you want to call it that, because there was no fear that they were going to run out of time to kick a field goal to tie the game yes. rather than lose the game by three points because they didn't try a field goal. You're conditioned as a football audience to look at that time ticking down. Yeah. The team going in, you look at the, you know what the score is. They're down to they're down three. Oh my gosh, why are they kicking a field goal? They've only got 13 seconds left. Plus, really quick, that's the radio call. So they're painting the mental picture. So yeah, I mean they're they're, but they're, they're making yes, you exactly. think the game's Thank running you. out. They're, radio. they're making you think the game the time, the, the time is, is running out in is. that quarter. In the in that first quarter. quarter. But they didn't say that. Paint me a picture. Paint you, me a picture and don't tell me the time. Paint me a picture and tell irrelevant. me the time. Or tell me, listen, there's no time constraint here. And do it poetically, please. Yes. Could they could and we don't we'd have to go back through the whole broadcast of overtime. Maybe they did tell you that. Of the Chiefs radio network? Right. Okay. Possibly. Maybe at some point they did tell you that. Possibly. I was disappointed in the television ex- explanation and then the execution. And then when it was clear that it was over. Well, with radio, we can't see the graphic, but we could play the audio of we we could we could before the show was over we That's could a, play the audio of Gene Serator explaining it yeah, okay. and the way Jim Nance brought him in hey babe 
called him babe. Did he? He really? called Gene babe as he brought him in. Yeah. He hey, called babe. him babe. He called he called Gene Serator babe. But Again, this is this is also a benefit of watching it like three more times. Working too much with Tony. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably true, regardless of the previous statement. That's true on any day. Uh, okay, so let's get. To, All right, let's get you. Let's you want to complain? The, you want to let's clear the field for dust. Air some grievances. Oh, I thought you wanted to air some grievances. Oh no, no, my grievances. I, I've been airing grievances all morning. I mean, I, I've been mispronouncing the quarterback's name, but I've been you did airing that my once. Own. Ah, That's well, okay. I got drunk. You're you're in White I, Sox I, mode. I it's pitchers and catchers. Zach Birdie, Brock Purdy. I mean, really, what's the difference? There's no difference. I think Zach would have done better. <laughs> You, you want, brought you, him in you, late as a You want to replace Brock Purdy now. We'll get to that in a second, I, Dustin. Let Dustin, the Molly and I want to replace Brock Purdy. Okay, we'll get to Here that in a second. What's your grievance? My, my, no, my only grievance is being accused of agreeing with the caller about that Patrick Mahomes was not tough enough. No, I agree that Patrick Mahomes complains to the refs constantly. Every time Mahomes slides, mm-hmm. and if he gets touched... He starts gyrating and moving his arms around and pointing in his head and pointing at his face. That's all. He does bitch and moan. When he gets when he slides and he gets breathed on, he bitches and moans. That's why he gets the calls. Don't a lot okay. don't a lot of Justin Fields doesn't today. get anything and he gets clobbered. Maybe he should complain more. Maybe he, Maybe should. he should. Yeah. Squeaky wheel gets oiled. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. All I'm doing is I'm agreeing with the caller it's that oiled. Patrick Mahomes bitches and moans a lot. He does not that bad. He's not I, that bad. I don't, yeah, I, he's a pleasant personality. He's a great. Dude. That has nothing to do with his pleasantries. He's a great. He totally gets LeBron it. LeBron whines about every non-call too. Yeah, oh my god! You know, Much Steph Curry. So. Steph Curry was getting on the refs the other night. He's a pleasant lad. Yeah. I don't know if Mahomes complains any more than any other quarterback. I bet you Tom Brady. Here's your homework assignment, David. Okay. Go to YouTube okay. and watch every time Patrick Holmes runs the ball and slides and gets touched or breathed on and he moans that he didn't get a 15-yard flag. If you were the best quarterback in the game, wouldn't you want to be protected too? I don't I don't begrudge him for complaining about that. Listen, the NFL is better when Patrick Mahomes is on the field. I, I I mean, the NFL is doing the right thing by protecting these guys. That's a whole nother, you know, do you want the era of football where you could knock the snot out of the quarterback and then have him standing over on the sidelines and no. seeing the 99th best quarterback in the world playing no. in the Super Bowl? No, not thank as, you. Not as good as I mean, the How many times did Dan Bernstein bring up the backup quarterbacks up during that broadcast on Sunday, right? It would have been really bad had we gotten to those two guys in that game on Sunday. The backups? Oh, that was hysterical. Bernstein brought that up. He must twice. have brought it up five times. I mean, I, I wasn't, it up I wasn't it was there. Like, but I, my point is, you know how Dan, Dan is like, oh, hey, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. One of them go to the back. He's just like such a negative Nelly. Wet blanket. And he, and he literally like said, here are the backup quarterbacks. I can literally tell you wrong. that Sam Darnold does not cross my mind Never. until right now. Well, of course not. Right now. And and it shouldn't, but that's what that's what we talked about. And the for Chiefs' a backup quarterback the, is not somebody that. Uh, who is the Chiefs' backup? I, I mean, he said it. Blaine Gabbard, I believe. Blaine Gabb, whatever. Okay. Not whatever. Matter, he, that's who it is. No, but he, they, they didn't need him. It didn't. It didn't come down to whether he could win the game. No, but just imagine. I mean, the point. My point of bringing this up was: this is why the NFL has gone to these extreme measures of protect, protecting QB ones yes. across the league, yes. so that you don't have to see Blaine Gabbard in a Super Bowl. Well, you know who you're going to see maybe next year backing up Patrick Mahomes. 
Mitch Trubisky. Yes. There you go. There you go. With the prediction. Um, Would that be ironic? Can I say one other thing? You know, when we we complain about issues in the game, that was not a horse tackle. That was not a horse collar tackle by any stretch. Totally agree. Two, Mahomes had the first down on that third down play, Mm -hmm. and then they they couldn't – they had a punt. That was a first down. Mm-hmm. So the the officials didn't come out of there, Roger Goodell, smelling like roses. You got a problem with the officiating? Uh, always. Your guy Bill Vinovich I, I didn't get it Bill done? He, but he called more penalties did than he, he did bias? the first time around. Did he have an implied bias? I, I don't did he have understand. A bias? Do you understand the horse collar? I don't really. That, that was not a horse collar. I, I think that they're trying to cheat. No, they're trying to protect these players from these kind of freak injuries. That's why they are sensitive to the quarterback position. That's why they're sensitive to horse collar tackles. I know what they're trying to do. And and Andy Reid calls timeout after that failed third down. Why didn't you use it to check and see whether he made the first down? That was a better use of the time. Should have really challenged the spot. I also feel like in the three seconds that he left on the clock, uh, at the end of the first half, I believe, you could have taken another shot into the end zone. Also, there was a play uh, where the Chiefs got penalized for a holding call where the ball was never never got out of the pocket. That was nonsense. That was not. That was going on all game. What was going on? Holding? Just grabbing a guy about around the waist as he's cutting. That goes on almost every play. Thank you. Well, that and was in the overtime. I'm saying that was in the that was That's in that was in the overtime where the 49ers would have had to have punted if that play had not been called. Yes, well, I don't know. It's a bad call. A bad call. They got honest. in the way of the game. You could make a holding call on every snap. I completely agree, and I think you could you could do what you could call that play on every down. The problem is the ball never even left the backfield. I, I don't understand. So, what's the conclusion? Ref stunk. The conclusion is that there were just some bad calls in the game. There were bad calls. They were on TV more than Taylor Swift. They got in the way. No, not not post game. Well, post game's whole. How about story. her they chugging didn't... down? Was she drinking wine or a beer? That was a beer. That was a beer. That was a beer. She oh, knocked yeah. back a beer. It took her like three sips. To oh, do she it. died. She did it though. What are you oh, judging I, style points? I'm not judging style points. I'm saying if you're gonna suck down a beer, do it in one After... gulp. After four straight shows in Tokyo, a, a, a flight. She was playing to along. Ve- to Vegas. Yep. My gosh. She was she was everywhere. Yeah. And this guy's telling me that was absolutely a horse collar tackle. No, it wasn't because he didn't pull him down with the horse. He got him by the jersey, and he, and he tackled him. He didn't pull him down. That's what they're trying to get rid of because your knees will snap. On that play. You don't want your knees to snap. The, the snapping of the knee. That would be bad. Frowned upon in the NFL. Yes. To, All right. We got Mike Florio. We'll All ask right. Mike. How about that? We'll ask him about the officiating. Well, we'll ask him good stuff, too. Okay. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, NBC Sports, Twitter.com slash ProFootballTalk. Day by day, day by day, we get better and better. We get better and better. We can't beat me. We can't beat me. Won't beat me. Game's up. Game's up. NFL insider Mike Florio with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline is Mike Floria, CircaLasVegas.com. Michael, good morning. How are you? Hey, I am great. I am home. It was a long nine days. It is very good to be home. Had a great time in Las Vegas. And now the offseason fully blooms for us. Oh, my God. The, uh, the schedule, I mean, the franchise window opens on the 20th. We know the combine is the 27th to the 4th of March. Franchise tag deadline March 5th. Free agency negotiations begin March 11th. I mean, the, the schedule has something the whole way uh, up to the draft on the 25th of April. It's uh, it's obviously a ton of fun in Chicago because the offseason is uh, feeding time, certainly not the playoffs or the Super Bowl. And now it's jammed together even more with the season being longer to have only two weeks from getting home to going to Indianapolis for the combine. Like you said, the window opens for franchise tags, closes two weeks later. And the deadline's all that matters. However, some teams will apply that tag before everyone goes to Indy because that becomes tampering central. And if you've applied a franchise tag to an impending free agent, there's very little time spent by other teams trying to negotiate with the agent representing that free agent if he's been tagged. So there could be some tags that get applied before we go to Indy. But it's just amazing to think we'll be in Indianapolis in just two weeks. Mike, 123.4 million viewers across TV and streaming, a record, obviously. What happened to all those people who were boycotting football? I'm sure you're not surprised. What do you attribute it to? The expanded audience of Taylor Swift, just because we're addicted to football in America, a combination of everything. Well, here's what I say every year once we see those numbers. 123.4 million, as you said, average viewers. Over 200 million at some point watched some of the game. We've got 350 million people currently in the United States. What the hell are the other 150 million doing? (laughs) What are they doing? Laundry. I mean, really? 150 million people didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. That is a huge chunk of the country. So for all that the NFL is doing to try to globalize the sport, they still haven't fully saturated the American market. And maybe they've decided they have at this point that it's just diminishing returns to try to promote it even more than anybody who's ever going to follow football already follows it. But I think they did pull in the Swifties. 7% increase over last year's $115 million for the Chiefs-Eagles game. And I think it also helped that even though it started slowly, the game got going in the second half. And we had a very exciting final few minutes of the fourth quarter and then a compelling overtime with layers of intrigue and strategy and a very sudden ending that I just remember being in the press box saying, after all that, it's just over. (laughs) Um, I think the overtime, the fact that the Chiefs didn't seem to know what was going on, the fact that they took the ball first, made me wonder if if um, Kyle Shanahan knew what was going on. It was just one of those things where you look back at it and you wonder, wouldn't you be better off, especially with the best player in the, in the game, to be the one chasing a touchdown as opposed to letting him? Maybe they would have, if they get the ball, maybe they're kicking a field goal and now you're chasing a touchdown. And I feel like both teams came into the game with a strategy, with a plan. And the 49ers plan was to set up the third possession, thinking it'll go field goal, field goal, sudden death, or touchdown, touchdown, sudden death. The Chiefs came into the game with a plan to kick if they had won the toss to start the overtime period 
and if the 49ers had scored a touchdown to go for two. So if it was touchdown, touchdown, there wasn't going to be a third overtime or a third possession. That's what Kyle Shanahan wanted, that third possession where it becomes sudden death. The Chiefs, I feel like, planned it out a lot more, and they have good reason to do it. They were involved in the game that caused the rule change. Right. They scored a touchdown on the opening drive of overtime in the divisional round game against the Bills two years ago, and they got burned by opening drive touchdown, 2018 AFC Championship against the Patriots. So they had every reason to fully plan it out. The one thing that disappointed me from both sides, they had rigid, predetermined decisions they had made about what they were going to do. I still think it's a decision you have to make in real time. And the one benefit for the 49ers in making the decision they did, it kind of had become a field goal game. So if you're going to go field goal, field goal, you get it back, field goal, you win the championship. Hmm. The only difference is the Chiefs went for the touchdown. And I'd love to know what the Chiefs would have done. Let's say fourth and three from the six. Do you take the field goal and go sudden death? Or do you try to get the touchdown? Great question. Terrible gamble, though, with Mahomes, the opposing quarterback. I know what you're saying, but that decision is not going to age well. And I wonder, Mike, coming out of this, the legacy of Kyle Shanahan has been damaged the most. Third Super Bowl where he has been part of a coaching staff where a 10-point or more lead has been blown. That decision in overtime. How much damage does this do to his reputation moving forward? Well, I mean, in his defense, those losses happened to Patrick Mahomes twice and Tom Brady once. So, you know, what are you going to do when you're going against the two best quarterbacks to ever play the game? Somebody raised with me before the game started, we were talking to the press box, if the 49ers lose this one, does Shanahan and the 49ers need a fresh start? Now, I think it's premature to come to that conclusion, but he's seven years in. He's had two losses in the NFC Championship. He's had two losses in the Super Bowl. At some point, you know, it's, I, I made the argument to a 49ers fan yesterday who was just despondent at the airport, you know, that we keep getting close and we can't get it done. It's almost better to not even make the playoffs than to have your heart ripped out and shown to you that many times, that many occasions to get that close and fall short. No, and not. maybe at some point Shanahan does need a fresh start. Maybe the 49ers will need a fresh start. He's already seven years in. Let's see how the next couple years go. Let's see what Brock Purdy's ceiling is. And on your point about overtime, one of the reasons I would have put the ball in Mahomes' hands first, if the Chiefs score a touchdown, this is the opportunity for Purdy to elevate. This is his chance. If he drives us down and we match it and we have the two-point play ready to go and we win the game, Purdy becomes upper echelon in the NFL, and it lays the foundation for what could be a great future. Hey, if they fire him, his old man's from Franklin Park. He could always come back here. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be something? Hey, if I'm Shanahan at this point, you know what I want to do? I want to wait until Andy Reid finally retires, and I want to go coach the Chiefs. If you can't beat him, join him. Hey, Mike, Mitch Rosen says it was great to see you in Vegas. Oh, it was great to see Mitch. Ran into him a couple times. We had a good time. Vegas was fun. It was fun. I hadn't been there since 1986. It was very different. And oh, I figured wow. the Super Bowl will be back there within the next few years. And I look forward to going back. It's a new town. I think there's a hotel left. Wait, did you go to the Desert Inn and find out it wasn't there? <laughs> well, I saw Harris off in the distance as we were going to the Sphere last Wednesday night for the U2 show. And it's like, I remember Harris because I think it was just like, Harris and Caesar's Palace in the Tropicana. I mean, the the old guard hotels 
stand out like a sore thumb in New Age Las Vegas. Mike, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. That is Mike Florio. That's hysterical. You see the clown stuff. who climbed on top of the sphere? Oh, no. You know. He got up there in like 45 minutes. How do you get up there? 45 minutes. I mean, he does do you it, damage he, it? He does this there? as a thing. He, he, goes, he, he just climbs up it? I don't know. $100,000 worth of damage. $100,000 worth what of I damage. Read. To his well, body or the building? To the building. Huh. I would you'd, hurt. Have to, you'd have to like figure out your way up there. <laughs> you'd also be pulling a hamstring and dislocating a shoulder. You'd also think you were at the top and you'd have to keep going <laughs> around yet again. Uh. All right, it's Molly and Hall. We'll be back with Jared Payton next on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.